Ray, we uh, we we just had you in here a few days ago. <laughs> just ten days ago. Just what ten in the world? days ago, and uh, that's you know this this particular way that this feast and this high day comes around. And sure, I love the opportunity to dive into this, man. I really do. You know, I think it's one of those really amazing things that for Christians we we probably know more about it than we think we do. We just don't oh, yeah. know the verbiage and. And uh, I think, you know, as the years have gone by Passover, we're starting to go Easter, Passover. Okay, I get that. He's on the cross. First fruits, his resurrection, maybe we've got that one. Pentecost, we pretty well figured out the the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But you get to the fall feast, and it's like, yeah, I don't really know what to do with these. <laughs> so, and, and that's reasonable because yeah. we don't really have the verbiage. But I guarantee you, the longer we talk about this today, you're going to go, oh, Oh, that's where that came from. Oh, that one over there. Yeah. If you've ever read the book of Hebrews or the book of Revelation, Yom Kippur is just going to you'll be little light bulbs going off for you because it's really significant. In fact, if you've ever just gone through the concept, you know, he died for me on the cross. He forgave me. All my sins are gone, but I keep messing up. What do I do with that? Mm. That's Yom Kippur. That is what this day is about. This is the fact that, yeah, he died for you 2,000 years ago, but what is he doing to, you know, the old, what are you doing for me <laughs> What are you doing for me <laughs> This is it, Yom Kippur. He's been doing this for 2,000 years for you, and you realize that. We all do. We ask God to forgive us, and he forgives us, Yom Kippur. So it's this day, I hope for you, is, is going to be an eye-opening day for you to go, oh, and I really hope that it'll do what it does for me, which is just make you just look in greater awe Jesus yeah. for who he is, for what he does, and just come to realize that we know so little. We could read the same scripture a million times, yeah, and on the millionth time we'll go, oh, 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 and then and even the stuff that's not in there, this helps point to. I mean, that, isn't oh, that what John goodness. said? I can't write it all. The ocean doesn't have enough ink, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. That's what I love every time that, that you come in here and teach and others that I get to be around that teach about the depth of this stuff, that it always just makes you just fall more in love with what he's done for us, what he's doing for us. And it should. I, I, for me, that's definitely yeah. why I've, you know, the first time I ever taught this was in Israel, oddly enough, wow. seven years ago. Wow. About that for an odd That's pretty cool. There. It is. It was totally unexpected, too. So so we're going to look at this first part is a life for a life. So you get Jesus died to give you life, a mm-hmm. life for a life. All right. So we're at the end of the high holy days, the 10 days, most sacred days of the Jewish year. They're also called the days of awe or the Yamim Norim. So they begin with Rosh Hashanah, which is when I was here before 10 days ago. Yom Kippur or Yom Kippur, however you want to look at it, or Kippur, you could say it, you know, it depends where your accent is from. A myriad of ways. Yeah. Yeah. So Yom is the word for day, and Kippur or Kippur means atonement. Go figure. So it's a day of atonement. It begins at sunset this evening and continues through sunset tomorrow. Just how holy is this holiest day on the Jewish calendar? Would you believe even Jews who don't believe in God observe Yom Kippur, just in case. I love that. That's what you, you you go, all right, how in the world do you do that one? 
More Jews attend synagogue services during these 10 days than at any other time. It's more than tradition. Historically, towns have used school absenteeism on Yom Kippur to measure Jewish population. That's a little significant. So, yeah, it's, it's a big deal. So Yom Kippur is one of the most significant feasts because Yeshua Jesus is everywhere in it. Plus, it gives us insights into the end times, and I think that's just really profound. You were talking the second coming, the final judgment. In fact, there is an interesting note about the other name of the High Holy Days. We know them as the Days of Awe, or you mean Noraim. Curiously, that word awe isn't the only meaning of the word Nora. It also means terrible, <laughs> as in Joel chapter 2. For the Days of Jehovah... Uh, is great and very terrible. Who can endure it, right? So these days, they kind of get this understanding, the Jews, that is, that there's something more to this than just the feasts themselves. So these days, these 10 days, are also the tribulation. So I'll dig into that a bit later and see what they reveal for us about the end times. In the book of Revelation, when we first see Yeshua Jesus, he's wearing the white robes, that the high priest wore on the Day of Atonement and this gold sash to it. This feast helps reveal some of the symbolism and mysteries in the book of Revelation. So hopefully you'll walk away with a bit of that too. Yom Kippur is also hugely significant because it's all three spring feasts rolled into one. Mm. It's similar to Passover in that Jesus is the focus of the sacrifice for all sin. It's a life for life, transference of sin through confession and bloodshed. Keep in mind that Yom Kippur, or Kippur is the one day that each year, just one day, when the high priest could enter into the Holy of Holies. He'd go through the veil that separated the holiest places from the rest of the temple. That veil represented the separation from God and man due to man's sin. So when Jesus died on the cross at Passover, the veil in the temple was torn in two. So what you may not realize is Jesus was doing Yom Kippur right in that moment. That was happening. So the cross is very much a part of Yom Kippur, and it has a lot to do with that veil. The the spirit, there was no uh, mercy seat inside that particular temple. The Holy Spirit wasn't there. There's nothing that veil was guarding. There's no place to put the blood in that sense that God had set aside. So there was no reason to remove the veil. It had no purpose whatsoever in that temple. But he did because, again, he was helping us walk into Yom Kippur. Mm. So... So it's like Passover. It's like the three days he spent in the grave and in Hades because the entire day is spent fasting and wearing white because they're grave clothes as if you're dead or your life is hanging in the balance and you're waiting in Abraham's bosom for judgment. It's part first fruits because the scapegoat on Yom Kippur disappears from sight in the exact same place that Jesus ascended 40 days after he rose again. I mean, there's a lot to go. What in the world? So as Christians, we don't observe any of the rabbinic traditions that come from oral law. And since Jesus is a complete and total sacrifice for all sin, for all time, our part in this day is, I think, really special. So let's just break it down. Leviticus 23 tells us what God expects of us on this day, which is tonight through tomorrow. You're not to do any kind of work on that day because it's Yom Kippur, a day to make atonement for you before Yehovah Eloah. So, no work, complete rest. That's not hard to do. God repeats that command, defines it, repeats it a few more times. You're not to do any kind of work. It's a permanent regulation throughout all your generations. No matter where you live, it'll be for you a Shabbat of complete rest. So, no work, complete rest, and he means it. 
And then finally, and you are to afflict your souls. Now that means deny yourself. You're to rest on your Shabbat from evening, the ninth of the month until the following evening. So absolutely no food in that sense. That's the idea of afflicting your souls. Now, Yom Kippur is the only holiday that fasting is explicitly commanded by God. There's lots of other fast days, but this is the only commanded day. Leviticus 16 says, It is a Sabbath of solemn rest for you, and you shall afflict your souls. It is a statute forever. So, the word afflict, ana, doesn't mean to punish yourself, <laughs> but to be occupied with being afflicted or humbled. It's, you know, you're, you're busy about it. The root of the word means to answer or to testify as a witness. So it's your answer or testimony to God of your true condition. You have nothing to offer, no defense. So that's why you're doing nothing. There's nothing going on because you're not trying to, to you know, to make an offense. Traditionally, it means to fast entire or absolutely. It's not a partial fast. It's not a Daniel fast. It's not a fast of this or that. So not everyone can do that aspect of it. So you may have to tweak it if, in your case. Uh, the Yom Kippur fast is never allowed to jeopardize health. And there's lots of folks that simply can't fast. Those too ill to fast fully are prohibited from fasting. Medications, of course, are allowed as is small amounts of water. So that's all the rabbinic kind of rulings they give you. In the Bible, it just says afflict afflict so you can argue that one <laughs> so summon it up no work complete rest no food that's our part of yom kippur in the hebrew torah yom kippur is written in the plural yom ha kippurim the day of atonement mm. why well there's a couple of reasons first yom kippur is written in the plural because it's a corporate fast and rest you don't repent for your own sins or even bring a sacrifice for your own sins because you're not fasting and resting for yourself, but for everyone, just like Jesus on the cross. Sound familiar? The entire prayer of confession in synagogues is written in the plural. We have sinned. We are guilty. We've rejected. So we're doing what Jesus asked his disciples to do in the Garden of Gethsemane before the cross to watch and pray. That's the Day of Atonement. Second, Yom Kippurim has another meaning. If you put a little dash in there, Yom Kippurim, Purim, oh, Purim. It's a day like uh, it's a day like Purim, and I'll look at Yom Kippur in that light a little bit later as well. So that's your first beginning. So we're going to look at why resting and fasting and dig into that just a little bit to help you get the concept of what the, all the symbolism and the shadows and types are about next. Mm, I'm excited about it. There's so much good coming up on Victory ninety one point five.